Well, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Becoming Better podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Krismer, and we are so glad that you're here. Well, on today's episode, uh, you get to join Jason, Josh, and I as we drive to California, uh, quite literally. Um, we recorded this episode on our way to our annual staff retreat. So just want to give a quick qualifier around uh, some of the background noise. The audio is still really good. You'll be able to hear what we're saying. Um, but we were driving the whole time. So you can hear uh, Ken, our campus pastor in Prescott Valley, accelerating and slowing down and all the things that you do when you drive. So, uh, But it was good fun. And in the midst of the conversation, we had a really great time discussing the fruit of the flesh and how to put sin to death practically, uh, the role that community, specifically biblical community, plays in doing that. And we also discussed why we believe that you need to be in a discipleship group immediately. As always, if you ever have any questions or comments from Sunday's message, we do encourage you to join us at quadcity.church/podcast where you could submit any questions to be answered right here on the show. Well, thanks again for joining us today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hey guys, good morning. Monday. Hey, everybody. We are uh, taking the show on the road quite literally today. That is quite literally. Yeah. So, so as we speak, we're, uh, we are currently in a, is it a Chrysler Pacifica? Is that what we're driving on the way to California uh, for our annual staff retreat? So uh, just a, a quick qualifier for the road noise that you're likely hearing in the background here. We've got Jason, Josh, and I, and then Nate's in the back seat with a little little audio mixer, and Kenny is driving. So we're going to have a good time today. What, uh, uh, before, I feel like we've got to make a statement before we get started, though, Jason. Would you like to take it away? Okay, so we do have another little Mia Copa this week with uh, our comment related to not ours. I'll take the blame for this. Thank you. My Thanks. comment related to Wilson Phillips. So I had all of the Gen X mom mob come at me this week related to calling Wilson Phillips a Christian band. So uh, we got a pretty good um, text exchange from a couple of Gen X moms, and then in my life group as well. So they they came at me and let me know in no uncertain terms was Wilson Phillips actually a Christian band. So uh, we were even sent Wikipedia pages to verify this. Yeah, 100%. And so... The one of them, though, is a Christian. Yes. I think that's what we determined. Yes. Seemingly. Yes. So I... Yeah, some somewhere along the line, I just and being twenty five years ago or thirty years ago, I kind of got him confused, and so I I want to repent of my sin of thinking that they fit in with Amy Grant and it was point of grace. That's what they point think. Of grace, you, yeah. You just conflated the two. Maybe it was funny because when you said that. Uh, gosh, whatever Sunday morning you used that video clip yeah. from uh, Family Feud. Yeah, I remember Josh like being blown away, like yeah. having no clue. And I, 
uh, I had Fred, um, our good friend and listener of the podcast, Fred, Fred Eisenthal came up to me on Sunday and said, hey, there is no way. Like, you got to know, there is no way that's a Christian band. <laughs> and I looked at him and I told him, hey, I take no responsibility for that because I wasn't even alive when that song came out. That's true. So I did... I do just want to clarify, I was sitting back quiet because I have no clue who these people are. I yeah, I didn't really grow up in Christian music world. I, Brendan definitely yeah. didn't grow up in the Christian music world. So yeah. we were banking on Jason being right. So we I certainly were. I had my East of Eden album. I don't know. Do you all know East of Eden? No. Oh, see, there you go. That was who, yeah, that's who I was listening to. I wasn't listening to Point of Grace for sure. I don't even really honestly but, know who any here, of those people are. <laughs> so there is a band called Phillips, Craig, and Dean. So it was three dudes. Yeah, that's definitely not Wilson Phillips. Uh, no, but the Phil. I wonder if the, I conflated the Phillips piece. I got the Phillips in there and just assumed that all the Phillips were the Christian Phillips. Well, I know Phillips, Craig, and Dean. Th three Phillips. dudes versus three females. So right? I think it's like only two, but Wilson Phillips is. There were three in the video. Three. three. Oh, okay. So I look. I. I apparently have proven that I do not know my Wilson Phillips. So I will say um, it might make for a fun segment to talk about your other like top 10 Christian artists. So <laughs> wondering if like Pearl Jam was on the list <laughs> or Kenny YouTube, Chesney. YouTube? Yeah. Or YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> so, oh, hold on. Speaking of YouTube. Coldplay. Have, have you guys seen any of the YouTube um, in the sphere photos? Incredible. Like no. Do you know what we're talking about? I, do. Okay. I know the sphere for sure. Incredible. So if you're not familiar, Las Vegas uh, this past year opened up a new venue on the strip called the sphere. And it's called the sphere because it is a sphere. It's a big sphere in the middle of the strip that both on the inside and outside of it uh, are all led panels. So it's all like digital display panels. So like when you're driving down the strip now, you may have seen pictures it can be anything you want it to be. Most mornings, they uh, they send images of like a giant emoji to the outside of the strip. So you wake up and you see like an emoji winking at you or something along those lines. It's, it's incredible what they're doing with this thing. But I just saw for the first time the pictures of the inside of it and it blew my mind. And like, I'm, I'm a fairly creative person. Like I've seen all sorts of cool stuff when it comes to performance arts and, and AVL and that sort of thing. And this was like a massive innovation step in a, a crazy creative direction. Uh, because as you're standing on the inside of this venue, like practically 360 degrees all the way overhead, you're just seeing displayed imaging. So you're standing in the middle of a desert in one moment and then in an airport the next moment and on a ship in the sea the next moment all around you. It's, it's actually really incredible to yeah, see. So I, saw, I saw some pictures of it. Yeah, it reminds me of a planetarium. Remember those? Oh yeah, we go on the school field yeah. trip, and you'd sit back and you'd see all the stars. Did yeah. you? Did did I do that in Arizona or Kentucky? I wonder. Huh. Have y'all never done a planetarium? I've never been to a planetarium. No, that's not true. There's a small one uh, in Flagstaff, yes. right? Uh, yeah, I, I went up to that one once. Lowell's. It had to be yeah. had to be a Kentucky thing, then maybe. I remember going to one though. You sit in there the same way. Now it wasn't LED and nearly as nice. I'm sure. It wasn't millions of dollars that were spent. Like oh, this was billions, I think. Yeah, I would be curious to know how much money they put into this thing because it is. I mean, I saw like three pictures and was absolutely blown away by what they could do on the inside of that thing. So, I think Nate and I need to take a chance to go 
go check it out sometime. Side note, are you going to F1? No? Oh, bummer. Okay, that's that's the big thing in Vegas the next couple of weeks, I think. So, anyways, there's, there's enough of our current on events. The road, on the road banter. Yeah. Uh, let's dig into Sunday. Jason, I uh, thought you did a great job with um, what was week six? Yes. Yeah, week six week of our six. series. Uh, someone's missing, just trying to dig into the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and just would love to hear from both of you guys as we were digesting what I think most people probably think of when they think of the Spirit, right? It's the, the fruit of the Spirit, whether yeah. they learned the song growing up. or the just song? Song, the fruit of the Spirit song. You, you got to do it. No, I don't, I don't know it. Cause, oh, I didn't know there was uh, a fruit of the Sunday Spirit song. Yeah, for sure. Certainly there is. I, you, I, I didn't go to Sunday school. I, maybe I'm just making an assumption that people that went to Sunday school just sang songs. <laughs> Surely there was one. Okay, so here, right? all of our all of our podcast listeners, if you know a Fruit of the Spirit song, you got to send us a voice text singing. <laughs> maybe it was Amy. Did Amy tell us that on Wednesday oh, during sure. sermon? Amy yeah. would have Amy would have created a song, if, even if she did. Even if there wasn't one, she yeah. would have made one up. I feel like I'm not totally. And it would have been so good. <laughs> this whole I would say like <laughs> this van is the worst one. Right. Like Brendan was kind of late high school. Yeah. Kenny didn't come to faith until college. Yeah. Nate, I don't know about your journey of faith, but did, were you going to Sunday school? No, junior high. Junior high for Nate. So like we're all out. Yeah. Jason was like uh, off and on, yeah. kind of taking himself. Yeah. And our Sunday school was not normal, I don't think. <laughs> I remember our Sunday yeah. school. I was going to make a joke, but I feel like I didn't have the full context to make it. So thanks for, thanks yeah. for saying that. Bro. So, yeah, our van, we, we're not the grow up in church van. Yeah. No. no. Nah, nice. Uh, anyways, just would love to hear for, from you guys. Uh, what were some of the things as we uh, kind of attacked this uh, Galatians 5 text? What were some of the things that stood out to you in the message? Well, for me, I, I think the big important piece for me was to put the fruit of the spirit piece in the context with the acts of the flesh piece. Again, I think for many people, we know the fruit of the spirit piece, but have never really put it into the context of the work of the flesh or the acts of the flesh. So that was a big important part for me is just to make sure that we recognize there are two entities at work that are trying to produce something and they are at war. And it is a little disheartening to think about that this is going to be part of the battle forever, that we're going to have to deal with this stuff and the, the, the flesh, as long as we're in this body and in this world, is going to keep producing things that we wish it wasn't producing. But uh, it was nice for me just to be able to sit back into primarily one text. So that's the first time we've been able to do that for a while. So that was good. That Yeah, it was really cool to be able to kind of camp out in one text. I know that's kind of where most of us feel pretty comfortable yeah. is, is doing that. And it also, I don't know, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. I remember when we were talking about this series, um, there is this idea that like the, the Holy Spirit is one of those topics that you're going to be really hard pressed to get a comprehensive understanding if you just stay in one text. Yes, absolutely. Which is why, like, I think it's so valuable to do a, a, a study like this where we're jumping around a little bit, even though it's a little bit out of the norm for us. Um, it is, it does just help, you know, show us, hey, there, there are some things that if we want to get a really good comprehensive understanding of, we're going to need to jump around. Yeah. 
So, Josh, what uh, what about for you? Yeah, you know, one of the parts, and he didn't go into it because he's right. He said, I don't have to convince you of how they work and are in conflict with one another. With one another. And I thought about that, and I was like, man, that is so true. All of us have this desire to want to do that. I always think of the Romans. I want to do what I don't want to do, but I do what I do what I don't want to do. Uh, Romans 7, <laughs> you know. And that's it. And I loved how you brought back even that idea again of we try to white knuckle it. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do my best. And then we get 45 minutes in mm-hmm. and our kids <laughs> go, oh, and, and we realize that we're the problem. Yeah. Like that's what it is. And it was so true. Like I, that really sat with me of like, that's how so many of our lives, how I've tried to, at times to live my faith. Like I can do this. I can be better. I can I can try harder. I can love this person more. And at the end of the day, you keep failing. Mm-hmm. Like you keep, so you, you know what I mean? So hopefully people, even though you didn't explain it all, were like, yeah, no, that's my entire faith journey at times is trying to figure it out. And then I love the, um, the correlation with some of the works of the flesh, you know, debauchery that is also involved with, um, Drunkenness. Drunkenness. Yeah. And then also with orgies, right? Yeah. Like how, but then I love the witchcraft. Because yeah. again, I think we all read that and we're like, yeah, I'm not over there doing the Ouija board stuff. Right. But I love just the, because I was in the back of the room at 930 and the head nods when you were like, anything you do that opens you up to darkness. Yeah. Which I think, and again, we don't have time to get into that in a sermon, but that there is a very dark force that is also fighting against us yeah. and wants us to open ourselves up to that. And so much of uh, people who are, who are addicts there, they talk about that all the time, like that darkness that sits over them. Yep. And it's because they've opened themselves up to that world. Um, you know, you're hanging out and doing things that you never thought you would do. So I love the, that we got to spend a lot of time in really defining those words. Um, again, the pornea, like you said, from the very beginning, put all of us guilty. Yeah, every one of us have yeah. enjoyed it. I got you. Yeah, not just say guilty, but we enjoyed that work of the flesh for sure. Yeah, absolutely. On the note of right that darkness piece that Josh, you were just talking about, I think there yeah, there are a lot of people where you know in the darkest seasons of our lives we engaged in things that for sure do feel that way. But I think there's a lot of stuff too that feels a lot more socially acceptable that brings that same sort of. Uh, realm of darkness. I could think of even just, right, like the movie industry. Yeah. There's so many movies that I, I'll start watching and whatever it is, and there'll be an underlying theme um, of demonic presence or something along those lines. And that's just something for me where, um, man, it's hard to engage in that stuff and think it's not going to affect you. Mm-hmm. So we don't definitely don't need to go down the tangent on that stuff. But I just, I think that stuff matters. I think that uh, there's a lot there that even if it feels socially acceptable, it's just a movie, it's just Hollywood, um, there are definitely some roads that you can go down without even really trying to do it intentionally uh, that can lean in that direction also. So, Yeah, some of the dumbest decisions in my life revolve around m- most of those works of the flesh. Yeah, like for sure. Like my just absolute moments that you go, man, I don't, I don't, and I think even too, right, like as a believer, there's this piece of trying to talk about those, but not, I think sometimes we we can glorify those moments. So I'm always real sensitive, even how much 
that I want to share, um, not because of shame anymore, but right. because like I don't want I don't want that darkness. I don't want any of that glory to go to that. You know, and we just laugh it off of like, ah, ha, ha, you know, that it, now it's a really big deal that yep. that was what we were producing, and that we look back and go, and I was just okay with it, which yep. is really, really hard to think through sometimes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I do love so uh, just digging back into the kind of the theme of the message, just where we ended our time, which was primarily, you know. Uh, puts into death and how are we called to do that? What tools do we have to do that? And really we landed on this, this through line of community being so instrumental um, in our daily putting sin to death and, and being known. Um, so uh, Jason, would you talk a little more about that and what that's looked like? Even just, I mean, we can talk about what that's looked like in our own lives too, I think. For sure. Yeah. The, Obviously, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We've talked about that already throughout this series. The Holy Spirit in us helps us to fight sin and temptation. Won't do it for us, but for sure helps to call that stuff out in us, the godly sorrow piece that we talked about. So all of that, um, but also the Holy Spirit in others. And when I wrote this message and I typed that line that, that oftentimes we don't really even see our sin until we actually see it in somebody else's eyes. I mean, anybody who's ever done the CTO process and you have a confession list where you literally write out all of your sin and you confess those sins to other people, you don't really understand how bad it is until you say it out loud and see it on somebody's face. And all of a sudden you get to begin to see these things that you had gloss over, even what you're talking about, Josh, that you participated in this stuff and it's easy to glorify it and it's easy to not even think it's that big of a deal and then you say it out loud it's like oh man it is a big deal and I shouldn't have been doing that and it it happened for me two days before I write this message I'm having that conversation with somebody so the, the confession piece seeing that in the lives of uh, in the eyes of somebody else is just a huge huge deal and so Again, we just keep pounding the drum for you got to get into the lives of some people and they got to be able to get into your life. You got to have this, our, what we're calling our discipleship groups. Who are you confessing sin to that can help you to put sin to death? So it's a huge, huge deal. Um, you know, this is one of the things that, that we've been doing as an eldership for a few years now. And it has made such a big difference in our lives and the way that we interact. Um, and I, we just want it for everybody. Like it is the thing that's going to help us to grow. We are not called to do this in isolation. And I think, again, for many of us, we do. We just try to white knuckle it and I'm going to figure it out. And me and Jesus, and we're going to do the thing. And it just doesn't work that way. He gave us one another for a reason. And so... Uh, I just want to make sure that we say it again, that we think everybody ought to be in a discipleship group. Having people in your life, that's what true community looks like. We buy into this false premise of community when we just go to church and have uh, little lighthearted conversations and not actually talk about the real stuff. So real community, biblical community is people who know our sin and help us to fight it. 
Yeah, you had a great line in the message. Um, that was something along the lines of like being known isn't, or what real community isn't going to church and having someone know your name. Yep. But it's having someone that knows your sin. Yeah. Um, and man, it's it's so important. I think there's such a cool and unique piece to the power of the spirit, right? In the sense of community, in the context of community, because just in the same way that the spirit is working and moving in me, He's also working and moving in Josh. Yes. And he's also working and moving in Jason and Ken and Nate and the, the three other guys in my personal discipleship group. So how much more full fullness can we get out of the spirit than in community where he is working in all of us, yes. right? How much more context and insight. And um, and I just, I, again, I know that all, all of us have seen that work benefit us in our, our sanctification, our walk with Jesus. Um, so, Josh, uh, for, for those that aren't yet in a discipleship group that are listening and hopefully feeling a little bit convicted, what's next for them? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the next is to reach out if you uh, want to maybe lead a group. And that's the first piece of it. We need more leaders so that we can connect more people. Generally, how we do it, we try to do it uh, through relationships. So we there's a training that we do. You know, when we talked about doing discipleship groups a year ago, there's not a lot of churches, if any, who are really doing this. And so really, um, uh, you know, we took kind of what the elders were doing and we've kind of just put together some different things. And even in the last year, it's grown and morphed and we've adapted it um, just because we want this to be the heart. But what stayed the same is really those questions. The questions are at the core of every week. How are you actually doing? Like at the core of these groups, it's, we want you to be able to share your stuff. So we need leaders who are a part of the group to help facilitate that, um, who are also, like you're not preparing lessons, you're making sure your group is meeting and you're making sure people are being held accountable. But I think the group kind of does that internally. So that's the first, is to be a leader. Uh, if not that, then it's to uh, hop on the website um, into our uh, discipleship uh, link. So it's quadcity.church slash discipleship. And then you can just say, I want to join a group. And then that process can take a little bit, just depending on who the leader is, um, how it works. Um, and then we try to get you paired up. And so we've got f a little over 40 groups, which is really awesome. Uh, you know, really cool, really amazing. Um, and, you know, something that I think these groups do, there's that line that you talk about, the warning. Um, yeah. You, you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you live like this. But that warning is for all of us. And these groups, like, make sure, they don't make sure, but they definitely help. I mean, we can, you can still always hide things. But they definitely help if you go into it with some honesty to help have those sin areas called out and exposed. I, I think if we keep doing it by ourselves, the likelihood is that we're going to miss out because... We just, like you said, you said that line about like we justify that it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. Like, and we keep doing that. And so, not being in these groups allows you to do that. It allows you, and then that warning comes true, I think. That warning that you may miss out on something because you are just keeping it all bottled in. And so, I think these groups have, for me at least, and I think everybody else can speak to theirs too, it's allowed me to just lay myself bare. And to go, hey, this is where I'm at. This is the sin in my life. These are the areas I'm not 
winning, you know, so to speak. These are the areas I'm not allowing the Spirit of God uh, to live through me. Uh, these are the areas that I that I have seen God do some amazing things, and to have other guys just keep me accountable and hold me out. Like that warning is like maybe that should be the disclaimer <laughs> that this these are to help make sure you don't miss out on the kingdom. Yeah, you know? and it it goes back to that Hebrews three passage, right? See to it, like there is this active agency that we are supposed to take in the lives of other people. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart so that none of you gets hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That what you're talking about is when we fall into that sin over and over, we just get hardened to it. It just doesn't affect us in the same way. And so we have a responsibility with and for one another. We have to see to it that nobody's falling into that. And that's what your group does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it even goes back a little bit. Got one of the things from our Roman series that really stuck out to me early on was that idea of being given over to your sin, mm. right? And like, none of us want that, obviously for ourselves, but I don't know about you guys, I also don't want it for the people around me. Right, right. Like, I don't want to see that happen right. to the people that I, I love and I care about that are around me. Um, and if we're not engaged in conversations like this, if we're not being authentic and, and really transparent with our sin issues, the ones that keep coming up, um, man, that's the, that's the outcome. That's, mm-hmm. that's what we're looking at. So, um, and yeah. we just know that most people won't do it naturally. Like you're yeah. a lot, you're just not naturally gonna pull someone aside and go, Hey, I want to tell you all my things. <laughs> no, know, we, so we're trying to help facilitate that in a group of people. So, but it does take, like you said, even agent, it takes you to raise your hand to go, I actually want this mm-hmm. and I'm willing to, and it's really hard, like really, really hard to do this, to open up to people, to share your life with people. But I think it's, I think you finally get to the point, hopefully most everybody who joined have, are in them. I think they would say they just were tired of not winning this battle of against their flesh. And they actually wanted to do something about it. Right. And so I know there are listeners who you felt that you've just been in this rut like can you take three steps forward, eight steps back? You know, you just always feel stuck. If you look back and we ask you how far have you grown, you really don't have a marker. I think it's because you don't have the true confession to the James stuff that we've been talking about so much too. Yeah. Like you've never really done that and you've never really experienced the healing part, which that was Brendan's whole pitch again from the idea of a discipleship group is that there actually is healing that happens because you're doing the biblical command of confessing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he even made the point at the turn in Prescott, I was hosting this past weekend and made the point when I was closing that like by nature, we as humans don't put ourselves in environments to do this. Nope. Like we want to talk about the game. We want to talk about whatever movie came out this week. Like that's the stuff, the news, if you're into that, like we, that's the stuff we want to talk about by nature because it's not really all that real and it's not really all that personal. So we get it. Like we understand why it's so hard to try to encourage people to get into groups like this. There's a reason there's 200 people in discipleship groups and not 2000 people in discipleship groups. Right. But we just, gosh, we just know how big of an impact it can have on the life of a believer, because I think we're all experiencing it. Like we've experienced relationships like this and the way that it helps us grow into the likeness of Christ and that's just as a team, what we want for our church as people. It's what we want for the, 
the people that we care about. And uh, so, yeah, to your point, it's it's a hard thing. It's not easy. Uh, Jason, your point on Sunday, crucifying your sin, crucifixion, <laughs> mm-hmm. is a slow and painful process. Why'd you have and to it say was that, man? Designed <laughs> that way, right? Yes. Um, it's not easy. It's, there's a reason we don't want to do it by nature. Our flesh does not do this in right. and of itself, um, which is why I think we can all be so grateful for the power of the Spirit in our lives to keep mm. pushing us in this direction. Yep. So. And again, the power of the Spirit in other people. Yeah. Because sometimes it's the Spirit in somebody else that calls my sin out because yeah. I have squashed the Spirit in this area and the Spirit in somebody else sees it. So, Yeah, that's really good. Well, uh, you guys have anything else on this week? Yeah, let's just address the question related to, you know, Josh brought up the the comment of, hey, look, and I kept saying that warning. This is for us. This, if you live like this, you will not inherit the kingdom. And so we do want to make sure that we clarify just a bit. Like, as I said, we are going to deal with the sins of the flesh for the rest of our life. They're not going away. As long as we're in this body and in this world, those things are going to keep popping up. The issue is not, do we struggle with these sin? Do we struggle with these these temptations of the flesh? Oh, somebody's messed us up. Josh, is that you? We're good. Sorry. The, the, the struggle is not the issue. The issue is when you quit struggling. The issue is when you've given yourself over to this stuff, when you've quit fighting it, when you've accepted it, when you have determined that I'm okay with it and God's okay with it and it's not that big a deal, when you stop fighting, that's the issue. That's when we begin to get hardened. So I just want to make sure that everybody hears me say, you struggling with this sin and falling it, falling uh in sin every once in a while like that we're gonna we're gonna fail that's not the issue the issue is are you continuing to confess and are you continuing to repent are you putting things into your life that are trying to help you fight this sin the the issue of living in this sin is just giving yourself over to it and saying it's okay so i just want to make sure that we understand that it's the unrepentant life of sin that is going to be the thing that keeps us out of the kingdom, not the frustrating failure that leads us to repentance over and over again. That's really good because I do think there is a, um, I don't know how big of a population even at our, our church, right, that come from a background to whereas by, if you still have any any um, uh, a background that leans more legalistic or maybe even a little bit more workspace to whereas by if you've not confessed your sin and you get hit by the bus, oh, yeah, yeah. it's dicey. Like, yeah. You're playing a hard game there. Yeah. Um, and that's by no means what we're saying in no. this. Um, it's the, you know, the spirit of repentance yep. in our lives. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a really good clarification. Appreciate yep. that. Uh, where, where are we going next? So this week we're going to be talking about how do we walk by the Spirit? What does it look like? We saw that in our text this week, uh, Paul began with, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we're going to figure out what does it look like to walk by the Spirit? How do we do it? What are some practices that we can put in place that will actually help us 
to walk by the Spirit so that we can see the fruit of the Spirit produced in our life even more abundantly. I just keep thinking of walk like an Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. I don't, I, I don't know where that one's. I don't know. Like, I just walked by. The, I was like, oh, I was. we're in the 80s song. I don't know. I was going to say, there's for sure a song about that one, right? There is for sure okay. a song there's, about that. Well, and maybe, a video. Maybe we can get, do you remember? Okay. Now, this is from one of my Gen X friends. Back in the 80s and 90s, Fruit of the Loom had the fruit guys who walked around. The yeah. Big, so we need to get those guys out so we can walk like the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Why were the negative fruits oranges this week? That, we, I, you would have to ask our creative team. Our creative team is the one who did an amazing job. It was great. By the way, and created all of the fruit for us. I don't know why the... Why the oranges were the bad ones? What would you have choose chosen? I don't know, like a fruit that nobody wants to eat. I don't know, but the orange. I thought I was like apple is good, orange is bad. Man, that was the that was a rough shot on the oranges. That's what they took when I when I was having a conversation with some of our creative team. The, the first idea that was thrown out was the apple was the good and the pineapple was going to be the bad. Uh, They're spiky and hurtful. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe, like a kiwi, maybe? Uh, what's wrong you know, with kiwi? I don't, I don't know. Kiwi. I don't know. Are you allergic to kiwi? Did I just make that up? I don't know. I don't know. We talked about this because of the whole strawberry thing. Oh, that's right. And it's the fuzzy fruit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We're going off but, the rails. Sorry, but I saw it. But yeah, I just saw it. And I was <laughs> Four like, oranges. Yeah. Why we say they're bad? Uh, there we go. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got for today. <laughs> that is Again, for sure big, all we got. Big, big shout out to Nate and uh, Modern Technology for allowing us to record a podcast while we're driving. And our Uber 70 driver, mi- Ken. Yeah, 70 miles an hour down the freeway. So thanks, guys. We'll, uh, we'll chat again next week.